When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, waiting on reparations. Uh, I see these snipers with their eye holes set, gripping their rifles and they white supreme. But what I figured that these spiteful pests be forgetting is that it's my whole set. I'm just a figurehead of Generation Y and Z. I know my ideas won't die even if I'm martyred. My squad will go harder. My movement goes farther, goes viral. I'm proof that any goof with a good heart could finish what I started. Who is Mariah Parker, man? It doesn't even matter if I'm really being honest. And honesty is the quality. We need to leave the charge. We need to feed the spark that beats the dark to seize complete autonomy. We scream and bark with bleeding hearts. We do it. On repeat. So we yeah, we block the streets, we tweet in March for better policy. Yes, I wish it wasn't me, but goddammit, it's gotta be. I'm not a champion or a panther, I'm just standing with my hands up to many answers. Hand it over, it's my man's turn. Yo, I'm walking to my dealer, they spraying so the clouds are gray, my life in a thriller. I'm trying to earn my modest pay if they want to follow. Well, it's not like you can drive away while you listen and they say I'm only trying to buy an eighth. Wake them up, shake them up, I want to, but they doubted it. Swap me, Louis World, looking like it's counterfeit. Rats chase cheese and settle for fake accomplishments. Rappers should do like NASCAR and wear their corporate sponsorships There's ice cream in every color and hue But for your president you can only pick the fucker from two Living like there's nothing to do And when we stuck they abuse Cause we confuse freedom with just being comfortable They love when you smoke pure Nothing to go and fade away Everything is like the whole game is stuck on layaway we Pay to make a play but they'll pay to make a prison Shit is rape Got you taking your position Fuck it, they don't listen Uh Hey. Uh, yo, what's hey. up? Yo, I'm Lingo Franca. My name is Dope Knife, and we are waiting on reparations. Hurry up. Hey, so hey. how hey. was your how's your week? <laughs> it's been better. Um, I have fucking coronavirus. So. Uh, yes, this I know, of course. Yes, you know, of course, that's my roommate. I went after the protest in the march on Sunday, having been around a couple thousand people 
uh, I, you know, decided to go get tested last Wednesday and uh, waited in line for three hours and got my test back in about 15 minutes and found out that I have fucking coronavirus. Shit. So what was that like? I mean, what was it like taking the test? It was, like, scary. I mean, like, I saw that video online of them, like, shoving the Q-tip into your brain, and, like, I was so scared. I flinched. All I did was swab the right, like, just inside my nose, but I was, like, flinching and, oh. like, <laughs> like, the whole time. And then, it, yeah, it was fine. So but they didn't, like, jam it in there? They did not jam the Q-tip into my brain. Yeah, thankfully. But, um, yeah, I definitely, Technological like, advancements. I know. We're I getting places in America. Finally catching up with South Korea. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, of course, I went on self-quarantine since, Yeah, you this know, nigga been hiding in his together. room, like, hard. Yo, I'm trying not to, week. I mean, look, I mean, the chances are that, you know, like, if you live you in the house with somebody, you the chances are, I don't know that I have it, I really don't. I know that you have it. I don't. Just you didn't hear that about coronavirus? When when you get it, you can sense it in other piece of people. It's like being gay. Oh. <laughs> it's like being gay. <laughs> so I'm just walking around here rowing it up. Well, I mean, I haven't I haven't gotten any symptoms yet. I'm on um as we're recording this, I'm on my seventh day of lockdown since I was exposed, quote unquote. So my ass. So I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, my symptoms have only been pretty mild. I <laughs> I went to the hospital last night because uh, I was having chest pains, and like my home oximeter said my oxygen levels were really low, and so I called a couple hotlines. They were all like, "You should call 911." It was pretty scary. I was really scared, but then I went to the hospital for a couple hours, and they did chest X-rays, and. Uh, I don't have pneumonia, so they well, just mainly, sent me home. It's like I went through like stages because it's like when you when you told me you were like, "Yo, I got the Rona," and I was like, "Oh fuck, all right," because we recorded the episode, so I guess I got the Rona too, right? So like for the first day, I was like sad, and it was fucked up because yeah. the, the you know episode one was coming out the next day, and I was all sad, like man, I got the Rona. You kept having like a spirit and energy about you that was just it was like, damn, well, Mariah, yo. We're going to beat this. This is going to be fine. And then like, you're like, yo, I got to go to the hospital. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing good. I mean, I've been facing a lot of backlash online. I was like very transparent immediately when I found out I posted on Facebook that I have coronavirus and it got shared, I don't know, 400 times. And like everybody from bumfuck anywhere that hates the liberal blue dot of Athens was giving me shit about having led this march on Sunday and uh that sucked but um you know i've faced a lot of harassment before as like a public figure public you know public servant and i also just want to emphasize that i am certainly not letting this fucking stop me like like you said i've had some energy anyway yeah i don't feel good but like all day today i've been planning another protest this time a car caravan through the streets of athens uh, we are partnering with a local radio station to have them play revolutionary jams all night and have one of our comrades behind the, in, you know, in the booth speaking to the people. And as we drive around the city to all the locations where people were killed by cops last year, we're going to read biographies of those people who were killed so we can pay homage to them. And then we're going to fucking shut down downtown Athens from a safe distance. So, you know, all my fellow COVID havers as well as other vulnerable people can like participate in the movement in the revolution finally you know what's really funny so people online speaking of harassment and shit 
have been questioning whether or not I've been given a false positive on my coronavirus test to silence me. I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, I don't believe it. But it's not out of the question, given the ways that, like, the government has surveilled I mean, the and infiltrated and sabotaged black-led cultural organizations and movements throughout history. There's, like, there's like a historical precedent for this kind of thing. With, with me and things like that, it's like, you always have to think of the implications. It's like, so that would mean that the people at the hospital didn't do their job or were in on it potentially you know what i mean it's like i'm not saying that that's out of the question i'm just saying like is that i asked the folks at the hospital to retest me and they were like no you know false negatives are far more common than false positives so if you tested positive you probably have it i'm not saying this is i'm not saying there is a plot but i'm just saying that like there's historical precedent i'm just being devil's advocate there's definitely a historical precedent for it i mean that's what the episode is today, which is like the feds or FBI or one time five O, whatever you want to call it, spying on various revolutionary movements and groups and individuals. Now, as far back as the 1930s, black musicians were monitored by the FBI for suspected involvement or for giving sympathy to revolutionary groups. From the likes of Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, Charles Mingus, Nat King Cole, they were all tracked by the FBI. Uh, FBI records even show that agents would repeatedly attempt to determine if Nat King Cole was a communist sympathizer, a civil rights activist, or some kind of troublemaker. That's just one example. So you've got that shit. And then in the 1950s and 1970s, you've got COINTELPRO. So like the series of covert FBI operations aimed at surveilling, infiltrating, discrediting, and disrupting American political organizations. Anything from like the Communist Party to the Nation of Islam. They're, like they were getting into animal rights and environmental activist groups, the civil rights movement, and the black power movements. This was like all, all under the um, J. Edgar Hoover regime of the yeah, FBI. Yeah, the J. Edgar Hoover administration. So after 1963, after the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, Hoover singled out Martin Luther King Jr. as a major target for COINTELPRO. The FBI infamously sent MLK a letter in 1964 that was encouraging him to commit suicide. Beginning in 1969, COINTELPRO started targeting leaders of the Black Panther Party, having them assassinated or falsely charged for crimes they didn't commit and in prison, or even publicly humiliated and blackmailed. The overall effect of this was just like, a general environment of paid informants, illegal surveillance operations aimed at intimidating. And a lot of this was officially uncovered years or even decades later, but make no mistake, some of this was actual illegal activity on the part of oh, the FBI. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, straight up. I mean, they were engaged in research and study of black culture, and they had files on music, dance, theater, actors, magazines, black independent bookstores, and it was all for the purpose of infiltration. So yeah, so get this. In 1980, ex-FBI informant Darthard Perry gave his account of the way the FBI would study black culture, musicians, comedians, actors, to better infiltrate black cultural organizations and revolutionary groups during the 1960s. They studied the profiles of celebrities who were supportive of organizations by like gathering intel on their psychological backgrounds, their weaknesses, their strengths, their files and files on like their sexual activity. And they use these weaknesses to get further information out of them or disrupt their engagement with political organizations. He, for example, describes a sting involving Doc Holliday, one of the leaders of the BGF, 
or the Black Gorilla Family, a Marxist-Leninist narcotics prison gang in the California prison system. So they, so they did this sting where they planted a woman in his life who became his lover to extract names, phone numbers, and other information from him over several months when he was released. But, you know, it wasn't just, like, narcotics gang leaders of Marxist-Leninist persuasion. It was people like Sammy Davis Jr. Perry was assigned to get close to Sammy Davis Jr. and his staff and would videotape his whole office, including numerous other celebrities that dropped in. Damn. Niggas was snitching way before Takashi. And with so much more at stake. Perry himself also infiltrated the Watts Writers Workshop, which was a creative writing group initiated in the wake of the devastating August 1965 Watts riots in South Central Los Angeles, and admits on camera in this interview to burning the workshop to the ground on behalf of the FBI. When asked if he thought these activities were still ongoing in 1980 at the time of the interview, Perry laughs and emphatically assents that things escalated year after year during COINTELPRO and probably had escalated even further after he left the agency. Yeah, there's well-documented evidence that the FBI has continued to monitor black musicians to this day. For example, the FBI has amassed a 28-page surveillance file on R&B poet Gil Scott Heron from the 1970s and 80s, which identifies his ties to socialist group the All-African People's Revolutionary Party as an extremist matter. Now, as far as hip-hop's concerned, I mean, at this point, FBI surveillance might as well be a fucking element. (laughs) I mean, they've surveilled, investigated, and extorted rappers for years. We've got Tupac, Eazy-E, Notorious B.I.G. were all uncovered to have been under surveillance. N.W.A. around the time of the Fuck the Police song, they were actually sent a warning letter from the FBI. And in 2011, the FBI's National Gang Threat Assessment classified Juggalos as a gang. Now, the Juggalos are like the fan base or the community that's surrounding the rap group, the Insane Clown Posse, Mm -hmm. which... The Insane Clown Posse is like this. You should just. You, <laughs> you should just. Look you should it up. just contact your pharmacist and ask them if Insane Clown Posse is right for you. And yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> take, take the recommended doses. This all led like this led to people who had this gang designation like getting you know constant so like claim. job promotion. They claim that they yeah. Well, I mean, I can see it happening. I mean, I can imagine it because, happening. Because I mean, they... look, like like I, I just know from circles that I know like people like clown on juggalos to begin with let alone if you're trying to get hired to exactly. get a job so like, or like get into the military so i can imagine somebody's trying to get a job or something and someone's like you know posting you at the gathering of the juggle or something that's like not cool you know what i'm saying like, yeah um <laughs> you know actually i used to have some uh, rap proteges i had like an opportunity to open up for insane clown posse and i ended up sending my rap proteges to do it so that i could do a different like festival thing but they covered those boys in Fuego. Them niggas was all sticky, but I think they had fun, though. <laughs> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. 
Connecting changes everything. AT&T. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins so i mean here we go like we got mountains of evidence that the government has surveilled sabotage and committed acts of violence against revolutionaries and musicians in a systematic way for almost 100 years and then you have the fact that over the last six years six ferguson activists have turned up dead On November 24th, 2014, the morning after the grand jury declined to indict Mike Brown's killer, 20-year-old DeAndre Joshua, a close friend of Dorian Johnson, who was with Michael Brown on the day of Mike's death, was found dead, reportedly inside a burned car after being shot in the head. In September 2016, 29-year-old Darren Seals, a prominent figure in the Ferguson protests, suffered a similar death to Joshua. His body was found inside a burning car after having been shot as well. Like, what the fuck is that? Then you got Sean Gray, who was 23 years old when he went missing the same week that Joshua died and was later found drowned in a river. A medical examiner ruled the death an accidental drowning with alcohol poisoning as a major contributing factor. According to the uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. But then in 2018, in November, Bassem Masri, a Palestinian-American man who live-streamed videos of the Ferguson protests, was found overdosed on fentanyl on a bus. Edward Crawford Jr., 27, was uh, featured in the famous photograph from Ferguson throwing a gas canister back at the police. Police determined that he died by suicide May 2017. In October 2018, 24-year-old Donye Jones was found dead in the yard of his St. Louis homes. It was also ruled a suicide. Okay, so these don't quite look and quack like ducks. I will give them that. People kill themselves. People do too many drugs. I've been really close to doing both many times in my life. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, and I'm not saying it was the government. It could easily, you know, be white supremacist groups or it could just be two murders and four folks who snapped under the tremendous pressure of doing this work and either took their own lives or self-medicated themselves into an early grave. In either case, it's still white supremacist violence against people of color. Harassing and dehumanizing someone to the point they kill themselves in their yard is still white supremacy at work. And who knows how many countless people who weren't prominent figures in the movement also took their lives in the aftermath of Ferguson, feeling helpless to stop what's happening in this country and surrendering. I mean, and I, I think what this also tells us is that this is war. If you, you know, want to talk about David McGaddy, shot by cops while leaning out the door of his restaurant in Louisville a couple weeks ago, maybe just last week, or Sarah Grossman, who died of an asthma attack after being hit with tear gas, 
or even had their hire. The protesters struck and killed by a white supremacist car in Charlottesville in 2017. People are dying for this. And they will continue to die for this, in my belief, until we win. And I think it's something that people, particularly white people who are new to this work, kind of have to be prepared for when they are signing up for this fight. Do you think white people should be prepared to die for this movement? I mean, I think everybody should be prepared for violence. I mean, when you're trying to shake up any system, you can expect violent reaction or violent opposition to change right. all the time. I think that um, we're in like an environment right now where I think a lot of a lot of the Trump stuff that I don't think people are paying attention to is like if Trump looks into the camera and tells his supporters to do some dumb shit, there's a lot of people who would be willing to do some dumb shit. Look on at his how many people alone. were calling uh, medical hotlines to try to figure out whether or not they should drink bleach. So yeah, so I mean, and and even to this day, I mean, like we were just talking about all the stuff with the FBI surveillance. I mean. To this day, they're still doing this disproportionate focus on left-wing groups or left-wing activity with, like, a blind eye to right-wing extremists and shit. It's like, um, in 2017, the FBI sent out a secret memo warning about the rise of black identity extremists. And this is, like, in the, this is the same Man. year. That, this is the same year as Charlottesville. I got money in my ass on that list. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like, weird that they have this focus for Black Lives Matter or Antifa. It's, like, movements and organizations that haven't killed anybody. But then they turn a blind eye to some of these right-wing groups that got, like, mad bodies on them. Well. With, like, these. The Black Panthers had some shootouts. Yeah, but, I mean. Wasn't a lot of that in like retaliation though. I mean, it's not like they started like, "Hey, we're we're coming out the gate attacking the FBI or some shit like that." Yeah, no, 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 you're right. I mean, I, everybody's all up in arms about state violence, as they should be, particularly police violence. But then there's all this, all this evidence about tracking and monitoring and disruption, all these covert kinds of violence and control that because we can't film it with our camera phones and we can't watch watch it on the news, people aren't paying attention to it. So people keep saying stuff like, oh, be safe out there at your protests. But like, there's so many other levels to safety with regards to combating state violence that like people aren't talking about. Stuff like encrypting your text messages. Like don't send sensitive things via email or even text. Call people if you have, if you're making plans, if you're doing direct action and organizing around it. Um, Because we don't fully grasp the scope and scale of the surveillance operations that the FBI is capable of. Just use common sense and like act as if the shit's not like a game. We live you know in the, what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, and we were living in we're living in like the overshare yeah, like, era where like everyone thinks it's so cool to like bust out all their fucking secrets online and it's like, yo, it's not cool. I mean it's cool to party. I was really moved by like Saturday, the people dancing in the streets and like they were like doing line dances and swing dances and and like i love that kind of spirit to these things where like we're reclaiming our streets joyously as well as in grieving but also don't treat it like a fucking party in the sense of like opening yourself up to um getting your friends nabbed by the cops because you posted pictures of their faces from the protest online or your text messages get intercepted in which you're discussing bringing cones to the protest to help diffuse or neutralize tear gas canisters like that kind of shit um could get you popped so don't do it 
or do it in an encrypted safe way a safe way as possible So it's like, how do we handle it? What what does all this mean during this time? How do does taking precaution even matter? Are we just defenseless against the state? <sighs> yeah, until there's. <laughs> I mean, yeah. until, until there's until there's like a fundamental change from within. I don't think that at any point yet there's been an elected official or somebody who has worked their way up the ranks of the system who is in the mind frame of yeah let's take power away from the state so until that happens i think the state's just like too powerful for it to change because you know people are trying to get it to the way we've been going about it i mean people have been protesting for years it's ultimately gonna have to like have to be an effort from within yeah i've been telling people lately we cannot take away their guns with our hands yeah that these last two weeks have shown us that but we can take away their guns with our laws we can take away their power with our laws we can legislate all of their ammunition away. We can shrink them. Like, I, you know, people want to talk about a revolution, and that's all cool and fine. I draw a lot of strength from revolutionary movements of old, but, like, we're not going to overthrow the government. No. No, like... <laughs> if they're, if you know, like, if they're reading all our text messages and they're infiltrating our cultural groups and burning them to the ground... And I feel like in all this, you know, understanding this history... It underscores the importance of protecting the identities of people at these protests. Everybody wants to live stream and take their little selfie with their cute little like hashtagable sign, but you have to protect the identities of the people at these protests because people are going missing, people are dying, they are watching us. I mean, they've got secret police out there in the yes, streets. Yeah. Like, like I mean, blur the faces of people in your videos. If you're live streaming, live stream from the shoulders down. I, you know, I couldn't be at the protest here on Saturday because I have fucking coronavirus. But, you know, I was able to follow along with a live streamer who was just showing people's feet. And that was enough for me to hear the music being played over the speakers and see that people were dancing. And that gave me so much hope, even from being stuck at home. You know, if you're out there, cover up identifying tattoos with bandages before you go out in addition to covering your face. Wearing swim goggles to protect you from tear gas that'll also help conceal your identity to protect you from targeting and harassment from state and identitarian hate groups. So how does it feel to not trust the state when you're part of the state? It's really complicated because I want to give people hope that change is possible electorally given all that we have described like we we're not going to take their power away um with by force um so like i really truly want to get as many people engaged in governance and in democracy as possible and like do this kind of civics education where people understand how that works enough to participate um but like i've seen firsthand the way that like what the policymakers do is such a limited part of the actual process. You have all the other people behind the scenes who are running all of the departments that are building all the roads and uh, driving all the buses and uh, laying all the sewer pipes that like, you know, we might be anti-racist and uh, if you're me, anti-capitalist, but like these ideologies are so deeply ingrained and embedded in like the workings of of keeping a city running in itself. Um, and so I, I feel like it's a really weird tight rope to walk where like I have to work with these people and it's really important to have like a sense of mutual respect 
and an understanding of where they're coming from in order for us to find moments of coalition. Is that hard to do, to, like, see where they're coming from? No, I feel like I'm a good listener. Like, even if I have to kind of fake it at first, but, like, just openly listening, like, helps facilitate that dialogue. Um, So... Like, I, I, I come from, like government workers so that sometimes helps me be a bit more none of your people were elected right no 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 just except for your cousin in montana but so all your people everybody in your family is just taking orders from someone that also probably wasn't elected exactly and so it's those parts of government where it's like we can rabble rouse all day and pass policy all day but like there's so many invisible gears churning in the government that people don't even think about it's like sometimes in our heads we can kind of attach a sort of boogeyman figure to it but it's i worked for the federal government for like a short period of time and it's it's really like a lot of people sitting at desks like clocking in and what are those people who are sitting at desks and weren't elected um like what do they believe we don't know we don't interrogate they're all just doing orders it's, it's the same sort of uh, dynamic as when we we're talking about the cops it's a job you know, like a lot of these things are just jobs to the people that do them. That's not necessarily an excuse for anything. I can sometimes understand where they're coming from because I know it's just other human beings that make it up. It's not like some some supernatural force that we're yeah. fighting. It's people. And it, and it underscores the importance to me of like people who like don't know what their role in all this is. We need people who work in the planning department in your local in your local city government or who work in the human resources department or who work in the transportation department or the public utilities office to like help undo white supremacy as it manifests there as well because i i can't i can't even i'm an elected official but i can't be paying attention to all that i can try my best but folks on the ground who are working on the pushing paper in those offices we need people to do that work in an anti-racist way too if possible so I don't know if you're like, well, I don't know what my point is and uh, what my part is in all this. I'm not out here marching in the streets. I don't really like tweeting. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, well, do you work an office job? Can you do it in an anti-racist way? What does that look like for you? Um, and infiltrating the government in like a less romantic sense regarding like all the other machinery of it that churns along without any sort of oversight from direct you know like electoralism that change from within like i was saying yeah <clears throat> at&t connects an ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream connect the shower Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. 
Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. So let's um talk a little bit about Rap's relationship with the FBI. So do you think we're paranoid because of this history? Or is it more about drug dealing and gang activity? I think it's kind of like a combination of both, but mainly legacy because a lot of the stuff carried on over, you know, you know, the same way that certain civil rights era groups kind of morphed into the gangs, the street gangs. It's kind of like that same sort of thing. So like the state suspicion, you know, that was already looking into like the cultural aspects of black people yeah, kind of yeah. you know, just stuck yeah, with Yeah, like the Black Panthers gradually dissipated and then like just regular ass gangs kind of replaced them in terms of the way communities were organized, you know, things like that. I do think that it, it definitely maybe it's like psychological I believe I believe in generational trauma. I yeah. think black people's distrust of the state generally, you know, it's concretized in our history of being targeted by entities like the FBI. It's something that lives in us physically and psychologically. And so a rapper might not point back to Nat King Cole being surveilled by the FBI and say, that's why I don't trust the feds. But like not trusting the feds is just in our blood as a people. Yeah, I, I can fuck with that. And I think it definitely contributes to a broader sense of paranoia that's in hip hop of like constantly thinking that you're being undermined or that you've got haters or somebody's watching you motherfuckers is out to get you or backstab you and you can't trust anybody yeah. that's like a common theme in hip hop you want to look at some musical examples of how rappers have dealt with this relationship to the FBI and this history in their music yeah, sure. So what do we got up first? Yeah, so our first example is from the Dayton family, which is a 90s rap group from Flint, Michigan. Um, their music largely focused on the you know the grittiness of survival. And this song is FBI. It's off their second album in 1966. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the song is called FBI. It's off their second album in 1996, entitled FBI, which is, you know, stood for Fuck Being Indicted. Where they describe uh, paranoia about being hunted down by the cops of the FBI. Backstab was known, so I guess you dirty cops are clean. You took the father from his family, motherfuck they dreams. You know what? Literally, I'm gonna be honest with you, I did not know about these cats before. Yeah, no, I never, I didn't hear about this. And this is banks. It. It's pretty hard, but I have rapped over that beat mad times at like ciphers or like hip hop functions. So really, yeah, I don't think it's. I think it's obscure to us. But yeah. I think I think heads know about that. Yeah. It's funny. I was looking in their Wikipedia page. Actually, has them under uh, gangster rap and horrorcore. That's funny. So up next, we got Public Enemy, louder than a bomb. Now I'm assuming everybody knows who Public Enemy is. The uh, famed rap group from the 80s and 90s, fronted by Chuck D and Flavor Flav. Now in this, they talk about wiretappings and assassinations of MLK and Malcolm X. <laughs> I never live alone. I never walk alone. 
Yo, and then we have Dead Prez Pop Propaganda. Uh, Dead Prez is a hip-hop duo out of New York. Um, the song Propaganda is off their 2000 album, Let's Get Free. Where he makes reference to Coentel Pro, specifically the death of Huey Newton. When he talks, when he says, who burnt the churches to the ground with no evidence found, it's not coincidence. It's been too many steady incidents. It could have been a clan who put that bomb at the Olympics, but it probably was the FBI. Mm, I love that song. Then we got uh, Kendrick Lamar with Mortal Man. And uh, he's got the line where he's like, if I'm tried in the court of law and the industry cut me off, if the government want me dead. What was this one off of? Oh, that's the Pimp Butterfly. How many leaders you needed and then you left them for dead? Is it Moses? Is it Huey Newton or Detroit Red? Detroit Red being a reference to Malcolm X, who went by the name uh, Detroit Red, but he had... He dyed his hair red and like, then like straightened it with lie. Back in the pimp days. Yeah, back yeah. in his pimp days. And then up next we got Phone Tap by the Firm. Now a lot of people don't remember the Firm, but the Firm was like a short-lived supergroup back in the day, consisting of A. Z. Nas and Foxy Brown. And I do think Dr. Dre was doing some of the beats for them. But the song Phone Tap is really dope. Check it out. What made this song really clever to me is like the entire song is like a conversation between people knowing that they're tapped by the feds, like on the other end of the line. And then it's got Dr. Dre doing the hook as one, like the feds, like we got your phone tap. What you gonna do sooner or later? We got your whole crew. Hey. And all we really need is what? Wrote a two. Yo. We got you all stuck like glue and y'all through. Hey. And for this last one, it's kind of an honorable mention in a way, but it was the first song that came to my mind when we thought of this episode. It's a old uh, Master P song. I used to be a huge No Limit fan back in the day. <laughs> but um, it was a Master P and Silk the Shocker song called uh, Somebody's Watching Me. It was, a, it was a cover of the old 80s joint. I always feel like somebody's they kind of did their own play off of it, but made it about the feds tapping your phone and watching you and shit. So at the end of the day, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, like hip hop has revolutionary roots, as we're probably going to discuss in future episodes like that. It just all kind of comes full circle, you know. So... I think that's this episode. So that's it for today. You feel like rapping? Oh, of course. But let me just do a little shameless plug real quick. I got an EP that I dropped last week. So go check it out. I want to say the name of it, but I don't know if there's like an ethics dispute with that. So let me find that out first. But let's get that beat popping. All right, let's hit it. We waiting on reparations, ayy. Sometimes it feels like I'm always being watched by the feds, by the white supremacists, and the cops got my personal security. People watching my house got my messages encrypted as if it could even stop them from listening to the topics. I'm whispering in the darkness, I'm showing up with their partners and executing an arson. The paranoia is constant, Sarah's destroying your confidence. Filing foyers to prepare my lawyers with their documents. I went and caught the fucking Rona, went on a little walk to help manage my bipolar. Uh. Can't even take a stroll or a hike without a troll on the right, patrolling on bikes, looking over my shoulder. Uh. 
uh hey yo they got a monopoly so they drop the economy but no one's really bothering cause we wobbly wobbly see now that's what the problem be it's a product philosophy so you know they're probably the prophecies where the prophets be now I'm feeling kinda mad so I make a fist feeling like a rat in a maze for kicks I don't really know just what to make of it fuckers that throw shots I make a miss I'm in the cypher without talking to Agent Smith up in my backyard grilling on some charcoal looking at a chemtrail puffing on a Marlboro this is how they do it when they moving it'll start slow on your neck I'm guessing pretty soon it'll be a barcode there's mad documents they never should have burned so we just wait until an episode occurs and the rates get raised by the Federal Reserve and a bunch of other shit niggas never would have heard y'all listen yay be safe out there everybody get tested for coronavirus and make sure you you social distance while you're fighting the power Waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungle's closing in? You crave wide-open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, Land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to Land.com, find your open space, and get out there. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.